Ah, I'm so glad you're here. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Lord Bloodraw. I host horror and science fiction films on my TV series, Lord Bloodraw's Nerve Rack and Theater, but here, in this cool, intimate darkness, I'll be presenting tales of horror and the uncanny solely for you, alone. In this auditorium within your mind, you will coalesce the settings and the players from the ether of your imagination. Your terror will be your own creation. This is the sorcery of sound, the subtle magic of old-time radio horror. horror. Please leave your eyes at the door. You will not need them. This is Lord Bloodraw's Nerve Rackin' Auditorium. One's rationality and reason are solid foundations from which one sees and experiences the outside world. <laughs> of course, this is all a delusion. A comforting lie. To say rationality and reason are a solid foundation is to ignore how easily they can be shaken and even destroyed by the littlest things. Here is a tale of a man who found out just how fragile rationality and reason are. From Beyond Midnight comes the tale, The Room. to see a man drink whiskey, Mr. Todd. My late husband was partial to it. Oh, well, lovely. Uh, thank you, Miss... Uh, Mrs. Watts. Uh, do I look like a spinster? <laughs> no, uh, not at all, no. Well, you seem determined to make me one. I'm a widow. I have been one for 22 years. Cheers. It's lovely whiskey. Atlas whiskey. One of the first ever produced in Scotland. Not available in the general run of off licenses. Well, I'm honored. So, oh, this is nice. So long since I've been able to offer my whiskey. I've had that bottle for nearly a quarter of a century. Poor Alfred was the last to drink from it. He died the next day. Oh. Um, shall we discuss the matter in hand? Hmm, rather. Oh. <laughs> 
began to discuss the matter in hand. And Ronald Todd, bachelor, aged 33 of Lansdowne Private Hotel, began his journey into the land that lies beyond midnight. Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McCabe. In Biotex. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cut stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Yes, it has a sort of, well, strange, warm sort of glow. I've tasted many whiskey. You are a man of taste. I hope so, Mrs. Watts. I hope so. Are you willing to spend the night in the other room, Mr. Todd? Uh, Mrs. Watts, can, can I just get one or two things straight? Uh, it's haunted. <laughs> well, so they say. Uh, who say? Uh, so, so who says? People. And nobody's ever stayed there before for a night? Oh, yes. Oh. Uh, then... They stayed there. Three stayed there. Do you remember the sixth Duke of Wallingford? Or was that before your time, Mr. Todd? You're only a young man. The Duke of... Oh, yes. Yes, of course. He... Uh, there was a scandal, wasn't there, that the family bribed some famous psychiatrist or something to signify that the Duke was perfectly sane. I remember. And he, uh, the Duke, was as mad as a hatter all the time. Right. As mad as a hatter. And he was the same a man as one could ever wish to meet, once upon a time. That was before he spent a night in the yellow room. You mean he, uh, the Duke? The haunter and the haunted, every man's history of ghosts and ghosting, never beyond midnight. He wrote those books, Mr. Todd. The sixth Duke of Wallingford's passion was ghostly occurrences. He ate, drank, slept, and dreamt of the spirit world and life on other than earthly things. He was a ghost hunter. And... He came here to you. He came, poor soul, to me and stayed here in this house in the north wing in the yellow room. One night, six and a half hours. And by morning light, he was mad. There were one or two others through the years. A certain Captain Blanchford of the Fourth Hussars. He was found in the spinney, 90 feet below. He had leapt through the window. Oh, help yourself to whiskey, Mr. Todd. There were others who stayed in the room but saw nothing, because, as I believe, they were not alone. It only happens, you see, to a person who is entirely alone. 
What, what is it that's happened? Oh, my dear Mr. Todd, if I knew the answer to that question, I should not be offering £1,000 to any man who can provide me with an answer. I see. No one who has experienced the terror of the room has been exactly as they entered the night before when they've been discovered in the morning. Um, Mrs. Watts, I, I do not believe in spirits, disembodied souls, life after death. Uh, I don't believe in hauntings, the powers of darkness, or the presence of evil. Except a, a certain something we call evil that inhabits the minds of certain men. I'm unimpressed by the trappings of modern psychological research. I have no superstition in me, and I'm also an atheist. I wasn't always. I was brought up a Christian. Twenty years, more or less, of adult life have stolen my faith away. Today, I'm a completely uncommitted man, I'm afraid. You're afraid? <laughs> a figure of speech. I'm not afraid. I will spend a night in the yellow room. A thousand pounds, I'd spend a night anywhere. I see. One thing, though, if nothing happens, I'll have nothing to tell you, will I? In that case, you will receive 100 pounds just for your trouble. Not an unreasonable fee for eight hours sleep, Mr. Darton. No, but... But I warn you, if nothing happens, don't invent. I shall know. And you will receive not a penny if you try to cheat me. I'm an honorable man, I think. Good. Well, having said... I wonder if you'd mind just telling me why you're so curious, Mrs. Watts. Why do you want to find... I'm an old woman. I've lived a long and very wonderful life. Chance would have been in my family for over 300 years. Soon I shall die. I wish to die without one regret. If I should be taken tomorrow, I would go to my grave a disappointed woman. I would not know what malevolence was present in the yellow room in Chancellor's North Wing. Oh, it's going to be a storm. Why haven't you gone to the room? Spent a night there yourself, then? I did not ask you to come here so that you could question me. You've come to earn, if you can, a thousand pounds. For that, you have a job to do. After that job, I shall question you. That is all. Would Sunday suit you? Yes, Sunday will suit me handsomely, thank you. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. I shall lock the door to the yellow room once you're inside and settled. It won't be opened again until 8 o'clock on Monday morning. That is a condition. It won't be opened no matter what might happen. <clears throat> All right. You're the one paying the money. Oh, how often do I curse electricity. The days of candle and lamplight were so gracious. <laughs> For a night at least, you and Essence returned to those far-off days, Mr. Todd. Well, it's not the fault of electricity that they've gone, you know. There have been more changes than the mere invention of electricity. Father Doyle, don't skulk in the doorway and don't look so disapproving. I'm not skulking. I'm still hoping to persuade Mr. Todd to change his mind. It's an unholy experiment you're indulging yourselves in. Don't begin all that again, Father. He's free, he's over 21, isn't he? What on earth is there to harm him in here? Nothing on earth. Mr. Todd, 
I've come tonight as an old friend of this lady, the friend of her husband. She asked me to be present. I don't know why, unless she wanted the church's sanction for what she plans to do. I don't plan to do anything. Stop being an old maid, Father. What neither of you seem to appreciate is the existence of evil. Oh, Papa, I've Cox, seen of course evil. I know, I know how it works. Oh, yes, even in the 20th century. The devil's abroad at all times. Now, don't smile, Mr. Todd. I ask both of you, because I know the history of this place, to put a seal upon the door, to lock and bar this room. Father, you seem to forget. Mrs. Watts and I have an agreement, a wager, if you like, for this one night. I don't know quite why you're here. I don't object to you, but I'd rather you didn't persuade Mrs. Watts to put seals on the door just yet. Tomorrow, all right, but there's a small question of a thousand in cash first, and then you can do what the blazes you like. Well, shall we get on with it, Mrs. Watts? It's ten o'clock, and I've promised myself a few chapters of Evelyn Waugh's Bride's Head Revisited before a comfortable night's sleep in what seems to be a splendid antique bed. And the sheets are aired and the pillows are soft as snow. And at least you won't even have the comfort of a window to jump from. Hmm? Um, we had it barred, Mr. Todd, and anyway, it's far too high to reach. Well, that's all right, Mrs. Watts. I, I haven't come down here to look at the view, have I? Now... Lady and gentlemen, if you don't mind, this is my room for tonight. And according to Mrs. Watts here, the ghost does not walk unless the watcher is on his, uh, Todd. The room is high-beamed. The paper, yellow in color for this is the yellow room, is ancient. The design upon it is of some long-forgotten crest of some long-dead family. The shadows are deep. The light comes from seven candles set about the room, one close by the great brass and oak bed, another on the mantel, above the head of the man who sits reading a novel, a very fine novel by Evelyn Waugh. Behind the reading man's head is another candle, and near his right elbow on the top shelf of a teak bookcase are two more candles. The two remaining thin, brave lights in the darkness of the yellow room are on either side of the door. Absolute silence reigns. The silence of a tomb or of a great desert when daylight appears to have deserted the world forever. Silence. The kind of silence that seems to hammer iron pegs into the mind. Silence. And then the man turns a page and... <laughs> yawns. Bye-bye his time, I think. He smiles a smile of satisfaction in a moment spending the thousand pounds on a multitude of wondrous things and then, quite calmly, without any announcement, without any movement in the room, the candle directly behind Ronald Todd's head goes out.
I feel like a new man. It's a lovely day today. I thought you had flu. I took a Grandpa Headache Powder, and I'm well better. When colds and flu are about, Grandpa Headache Powders are what you need. Grandpa Headache Powders work fast because they dissolve almost immediately. Grandpa makes all those dreadful flu symptoms disappear quickly. So, whenever you're in pain, get fast relief. Get Grandpa Headache Powders. Ah, Grandpa. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, collar and cuff stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt that washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Father? Thank you. Are you quite sure you aren't hungry? Hey, thank you. Anyway, I'd never sleep after just one mouthful of cheese. Well, for heaven's sake, Father Doyle, there's a kitchen full of food out there. I don't wish for one single bite to eat. All right? <laughs> Fine, then. <clears throat> oh, I think our friend upstairs should be told to go home now. After what he knows of the place, and believe it or not, he's no coward, and uh, well, he's been up there two hours already. He's not completed his bargain yet, Father. If he's going to be afraid, he'll have been afraid by this hour. Father, I am not paying Mr. Todd for being afraid or not being afraid. I'm paying him to sleep in the yellow room and find out what it is that's caused the death of four people and turned three more insane during the last... Four? Deaths of... Oh, you knew perfectly well. I knew nothing of the kind. The fellow who threw himself out of the window... What does it matter, Father Doyle, how many people have died in the past? They're all three citizens over 21 years of age. Father Doyle, where are you going? I think I'll go and see how Mr. Todd's fair. You'll do nothing of the kind. Come away from that door, Father. I don't know what it is you're doing, but I warn you. If something bad happens tonight, and there's any kind of inquiry... I should be bound to say what I know and to tell the authorities that knowing full well there's danger in the north wing of this house, you allowed a stranger to spend a night there. I am allowed to do whatever I choose in my own house. Only if it doesn't harm another person. In this house, I have all the freedom I wish and I... You're not exercising freedom. It's license. Bribing that man with money. Oh, for pity's sake, there's nothing there to harm him. It was all in the imagination with every one of those people who stayed in the yellow room. All imagination. Then if it's all imagination, what can Mr. Todd tell you then? <laughs> what he imagined. I wonder what he's doing now. Do atheists sleep well? I suppose they must. No consciences. At least no religious consciences. I suppose Mr. Todd's fast asleep. the door went out. A 
And Ronald Todd's expression of slight surprise, tinged with amusement, suddenly vanished. To be replaced with a frown of discomfort because... Queer. Very. <clears throat> As he reached the door to light the candle again, the little light on the left side of the doorway went out. Now there were only four candles burning out of the original seven. yellow room in the glow of only four candles is a different kettle of fish altogether. Never a pleasant room, even in daylight. At night it is malevolent. Todd crosses now to relight the candle by the great bed. He does so, just as one of those he has made glow again by the door goes out. For pity's sake, draughts all over the very shop. What's wrong with this room? Just as he's coming to light the right-hand door candle again, the two candles on the teak bookshelf go out simultaneously. Well, the best thing I can do is forget the whole business and go to bed. The candle upon the mantel goes out, followed by the one on the bed, followed by the one on the right-hand side of the door, followed by the one... He's puzzled, yes, but not at all frightened. Intrigued, if anything, for a moment all seven candles glow again. <laughs> and he stops laughing as one, two, three, four, the candles around the reading chair, the mantle, go out one after another. He begins relighting them, and both candles by the door go out, and then the one by the bed. For a moment the room is lighted by only two candles. lighted ones goes out huh? and Ronald Todd realizes for the first time that there is more to this than meets the eye that bloody thing went out because something wet touched it I heard it Right. One lighted, that'll do. But that goes out, I'll just light it again. <laughs> Draft the old room. And he gathers the remaining matches together. There are only eleven left. Beautiful, really. Candle alone in the room, it's like... <laughs> little nightlight. Mom used to leave in my room when I was a kid. Because I was afraid. <laughs> Oops. These are bits of shine. With the pure, clear light. 
wonder what Mom would have made of all this. All right. I'll play your game. There's somebody here, isn't there? Somehow someone's making these candles go out, aren't they? We're all right. Let's leave it dark for a while. Silence and the darkness gets on Todd's nerves and he fumbles and lights a match. At least oh. he tries to light. Ah. Must be a dead match. A spent match. Try another one. You won. This is silly. You built a trick room. Maze, mirrors or something. Come on, you. Ronnie lad. <laughs> now, there's an ex-boy scout in that. Let's just get our bearings. And in the blackness, like a blind man, he walks. Ah. Yes. It is all right now. Someone has taken his hand. Who's that? Who's this? Who are you? What? Who's this? L let go of my hand. Come on. Go? Who are you? I can't see. Let go of my hand. Who are you? Like a little candle, brave little light. Like a little candle burning in the night. In the world of darkness, I am a shine. Like a little candle, you have
say you're a nosy old devil. Saving your reverence, of course. You always were a nosy old devil. You just cloak your nose in a sinification to save souls. Oh, I wondered who it was at the door half past seven in the morning. Oh, those stairs. Right. Shall you open the door now, Mrs. Watts? All right, Father Gerald. Morning, Mr. Todd. Sleep well? Like some tea? Let me have those, woman. Well, I only might be standing there and it's all to catch. You in your small corner and I in my... <laughs> all right, Mum. Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit. <laughs> I was saying it right. Stop it. Leave me alone. Let go of me. Stop it. I hate saying my prayers. I, I hate saying it. I hate it. I hate it. Stop it. Mr. Todd once stood sure-footedly on the foundation of reason, and as cracks began to form all around him, he struggled to hold the crumbling fragments together. 
and as the last bit of his cherished reason gave way, he learned the truth. Every living soul is just one harrowing moment away from madness. Thank you for joining me in the Nerve Rackin Auditorium, and I hope you'll come again. But now it's time for you to rejoin the, uh, real world. I am Lord Bloodraw, and I'll be waiting here for you in the shadows of your mind until the next time you seek the darkness. Good night.